0: This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Today, we are going to have a great conversation with Rebecca Franks from Wuhan. And she has been in Wuhan for years, has been on lockdown for the last, you know, six plus weeks. So I'm telling you, she's lived what we're all kind of just beginning to live and has such an interesting, awesome perspective about it. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Rebecca. Give us a picture of what it looked like for you
1: a day in the life before all this started. Okay, a day in the life is just real similar to... To many there, uh, my son goes to school. you know we live ten minutes away from where we work. we go to the market, we go to Starbucks, probably a little too much, and just do just do normal normal stuff it's just a little more compact here and that we walk we don 't have cars and it's a really easy, simple life now let 's
0: talk about when you realized this was going to be a big deal, and this was going to affect all of life
1: in January, so we had just gotten back. From our Christmas break. We were off for two weeks. We had some events planned at the school where I work, and all of a sudden people were pulling out. Nobody wanted to come to Wuhan. And of course, we knew about coronavirus, but I was thinking it was not that big of a deal. We went on break for Chinese New Year. And at that point, we had no idea that we would not be going back. So January 17th was the last day anybody went to school or to work. And it was the next day that we learned quarantine is coming, transportation's being shut down. You gotta stay in your house because this is very, very serious. So what did that feel like to you when
0: you heard the news? Because you had no precedent for this prior. This was unique. You know, were you were you stocking
1: up? What was Wuhan doing that maybe was unusual? What Wuhan was doing and what we were doing were a little bit different because (laughs) we'd speak the language, but don't read it. And so we couldn't keep up with all the news. We were told to stay home, but we didn't have to. And so we didn't. And so we would get out and walk to Walmart and most of the shops were closed anyway because of Chinese new year. So it wasn't really that unusual, but one day we went to the store and the shelves were bare Hmm. and every line was open and 20 people deep. And we thought something's going on here. This is very weird. (laughs) And what do people know that we don't know? So we grabbed a few extra things and then a day or so later got a little more connected and, translated some messages and learned oh okay people knew that in three days from then the city was going to be shut down Hmm. so we did stock up and not terribly because my husband had to keep reminding me God's cared for you all along he's not gonna make your life depend on what you can hold in your basket right now so don't go there don't let fear you know and scarcity take on your life right now so Hmm. we did but in a reasonable way and you've got community
0: there what does that look like just with friends and relationships and how has
1: that changed for you? Mm, it's changed a lot. We have a great community here because at the school that I work, there's about a hundred foreigners or so, including, you know, families and kids. And most, most of us are from the States. During the first couple of weeks, much of our community, first off, had left for Chinese New Year because everybody goes on vacation. We didn't because a billion other people do. So a lot of people were gone and we're used to that, but eventually people started evacuating And we knew from the get-go that we didn't want to evacuate, that we wanted to stay because this is our home. And so that community has dwindled down to five-plus kids, five adults, plus a few extra people that are in our extended community. We'll call them, there's about eight of us foreigners that live in this complex where I live. And so we have created a new community.
0: Okay, so now let's talk about the day-to-day. Now, how long have you been
1: in lockdown? So we've been in quarantine, and that's when the city shut down everything. That started January 23rd. We've been in lockdown, locked into our apartment complex since February 17th. Wow. Okay, how big is your complex? Just give us a picture of that life. Like, what does that look like for you? It's good, really. It's huge. It's probably 10,000 people that live in this complex, and it spans a city block. Wow. So it's a, it's a big space. I mean, we're in a 33 story building and we live on the 25th floor. So there's a lot of people here, people on top of people, three generations often living in one apartment. So there's space to roam in our complex between the buildings. And that's been helpful because we are not physically locked in our building. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about
0: just, you have a son and so you've been homeschooling and let's talk about what that's been like. You've been doing that for a little while. Now you guys have teaching in your, in your family. So that's probably a little helpful.
1: (laughs) Homeschooling, my nightmare. I'm not kidding. Okay. So my husband, he is a professional teacher. He helps other teachers teach. He's been doing this 17 years. And I, I can tell you, this has been the most challenging part all of quarantine. You keep me in my house, you can limit my food, I'm fine, but bring the student home and make us the teachers, <laughs> oh my word, very difficult. It's just a different ball game. This, I hope, if you're a parent and you're doing this, give yourself some grace, because the first two weeks were very, very difficult. I don't know what I'm doing, but my husband, he does, and it was very difficult. After that point, I think my son resigned to the fact that, you know what, his teacher's not coming here anytime soon, and he's not going to be able to go back to school. So we better make this work. And so we did. And we learned to say when. And we, I've, I've told the teachers, like last week, I was doing one lesson and he didn't understand it and I didn't understand it. I'm like, we're done. And I wrote her a message and I said, we have we have met our limit. I can't do this, you know. And they understand because nobody asked for this. And this is a whole different ballgame. And we're not I'm not a trained teacher. I don't know how to do classroom management on one child. So so talk about now. I mean, are
0: you all getting more freedom? Is, this, is it opening up a little bit? What does it look like now?
1: Yeah, they've actually given us a date. So they've, they've given a date and they publicized it in the national papers. And April 8th is the date that the city of Wuhan will open. A couple of weeks ago, essential personnel were going back to work. So there's traffic on the streets now. We still cannot leave, but some people have been gradually getting released and getting special passes to go.
0: Let's talk about your perspective, because a lot of us came across a Facebook post that you wrote, and it kind of gave, here's the good things, and it gave us all a little bit of hope as, you know, it felt like we were headed to isolation. Let's talk about that perspective and just what has that been like to fight for that with this much time having gone by and to really see the good? You
1: know, my husband challenged me to write that post about the good, and I'm glad he did. We have been fine through this process because we've got our faith, and I cannot imagine not having Jesus to hang on to in the middle of all this, okay? But it's much easier to report the locks on the doors and the things like that, and so when he challenged me, write down all the good that's going on. It was a little bit of a shock, but once I sat down, I'm telling you, I had to edit that post, because there was so much more I wanted to write. We were forced, just like America and and the rest of the world, we were forced into this pause, we're told to stay in and, and largely forced to stay in. And it just made time kind of stand still. And so it, that's been the most wonderful thing is knowing, you know what, even if I wanted to keep up the hectic pace that I used to, I can't. And so it's made me cherish this man that's sitting across from me and my kid that's in the other room. Just cherish them. We linger over breakfast. We read over breakfast. I look at him in the eyes. I I've learned a new game the other day with him because I have. I didn't ask for this time, and I would really prefer to be working because I'm just wired like that. I am not a homebody, but I'm a homebody now because I have to be. And um, God has blessed this time, not like it's perfect all the time because it sure is not, but it is good because we've just caught up in the busy of life. I've missed so much around me. My goodness, I have missed nature. I could talk a long time about the good, but I'm really very thankful that this has been forced on me because I appreciate life so much
0: more. Let's talk about what the scariest part was for you. Like, when were you thinking to yourself, I want to get out? I want to get back to the States. Like, did that ever cross your mind? And what brought that on?
1: Yeah, the locks, the locks on the doors. They, They were slowly putting them on a few buildings and then a few more. And then they locked gates. I thought I would lose my mind at the thought of just being locked in my building. It's it's a small apartment. I mean, we live, you know, Asian quarters are not large. We'll just say that's when I thought I would lose it. And I had a real moment of crisis of, I can do all things through Christ. And at first I said, this is not, this is not, I can't do this, (laughs) but I did. And it just, it's just a big, big moment of crisis, big moment of fear. Yeah. It did not last though, because he was, he swooped in and he, set me straight. God did. And we've done it. And we've done it well.
0: Because the virus really started there. And there was so little known. Were you afraid of getting it? Were you afraid your son would get it?
1: Was there ever that stage of fear? No, not really. I mean, it's not out to get you. And it's not a death sentence you know, we've we've got trusted friends. I'm not a medical professional. I'm not going to dispense that advice, but we have trusted friends who are and people who are way smarter than us that we talk to and understand how the virus spreads. We're healthy and we're smart with what we do and we do stay in and we don't get in the public. So the virus really never was a concern. And although I don't know anybody personally who has had it here, I know of of others and I've heard so many recovery cases. They get it and then they take care of themselves and they isolate. Isolate is key, so it doesn't get around. But frankly, no, the virus has never been a problem.
0: some ways it feels like for a lot of us, and you felt this too, a lot of the things we find significance in, we find purpose in just got taken from us, right? We're somewhat stationary. And a lot of people are like you, where it's how do we even shut down these engines? They, they're going, they're going, they're going. And when we shut them down, it feels like we've lost something so big. So talk to everybody that's, that's feeling that right now. And just how have you wrestled with that with God specifically?
1: Um, Yeah, I've found a new purpose. It is very hard because most of us are very task oriented and we like to stay busy and that's how we get our energy. Quarantine has, you know, it's forced the quiet, it's forced the stillness, and that's really helped with getting back in touch with God. But we've been praying for the past couple of months of help, you know, help us with what is your will for us here in this place and what is your will just in life because we frankly we don't pray that enough but he's revealed a lot of that of here's my will for you now here's my purpose for you now and for me it's been very interesting it's something I never would have seen coming but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt why he kept us here we let four evacuation planes to the U.S. go by we didn't get on them you know, being kind of a little prideful and that we're the last, last holdouts here. But really, I see that it was his purpose that we stay here to encourage others. Maybe it's through a podcast like this or through, yeah, we've gotten to serve here in so many ways, but he has really given us a purpose for the now. So it's not only purposefully reconnecting with my family, which has been the most invaluable part, reconnecting with him because I definitely needed that reset. I needed that quiet and that stillness with him. But also, just a general purpose of for me it's been to share through words in ways that can encourage others who are going through what we've already been through, so we're not unless we get still unless we resign and surrender a little bit to this place that he has us all, whether we like it or not it's hard, it's hard in Americans especially because we're so freedom focused and rights focused and we're entitled and we like that, and that's our hallmark, but right, you know that's not that's not really how he's doing things right now. So you got to resign and just rest and trust that he will reveal something to you because he will, if you let him. And if you listen. What will you miss when everything goes back to normal? Yesterday, I got in an elevator with people in it. This first time in months wow. that anybody's been in the elevator. And I, I just, uh, this wave of sadness kind of flowed over me. And I was, I was like, we're getting busy again. We're still in quarantine, but we're getting busy again. I'll miss looking at people and giving eye contact above a mask because that's all you got. And, um, I'll miss lingering at breakfast time with my family. I'll miss walks that are intentional and I don't have to get him to the next thing, the next practice or home from school and he's tired. I'll just miss the time. I'll miss hearing the birds sing. I'll miss so much, but you know, God will give grace in that because that's what he does.
0: Mm. Okay. Now I want you to, Talk to the person who is scared, who just is frantic. They're watching the news because it is scary here right now. We don't have a good pulse of what happened in Wuhan. We don't have a good pulse of what's happened in other countries. We've been busy. And now we're all just slowing down and kind of trying to get our heads around this. So what would you say to the person watching that's just having a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear?
1: Well, I would say first, I probably don't watch so much news. I mean, you, you need to be informed, but find a few trusted sources and then just leave it at that. And understand you can't control the outcome of this no matter what. To the woman of faith, I'd really beg of you to question, how does your faith fit in with your fear? Because I just really don't believe that they can coexist. And where's God? You know, he's there all the time. Are you leading on him like he asks you to? Because he says he can handle it. We know we can, he can handle it. So without him, yeah, fear, fear and worry. It doesn't help. I mean, think of your kids and your people around you. It builds up so much stress in you, the fear and the worry and the anxiety. Nothing good comes of it. And all it does is transfer that to your people. And it just creates this this tension in your house and it doesn't change anything. So there's absolutely nothing productive or helpful that comes out of worrying. You know, just, just live your life. Be smart. Take care of your people. Enjoy the moment and live your life because the fear It doesn't help. And I really do think that if we turned off the news a little bit and turned on more positive things like what you're doing, that'll lift your spirits and it will be better. It'll keep your mind in a better place. What are you learning right now? So in some of the reading that I've been doing in in the book of Philippians, especially how people in this world before us have had so many greater hardships than what we have right now what we'll probably ever encounter um, Paul. Paul did his greatest writing from prison and we're not in prison. We're just inconvenienced here a little bit. Yeah, and sad and things are sad that are going on. But for believers, our faith is absolutely on display. I mean, everything we believe, how we act is demonstrating that. How you act in your day-to-day in front of your children, what you write, everything you believe is on display. And it can cause further fear and panic, or it can bring peace. And it can bring hope, because we know where our hope comes from. So I don't know, just I'm, I'm mindful of that now that, you know, I say I trust in God. I say I believe in God. I say I've got this future hope. But in the middle of crisis, am I really demonstrating that? So that's it. Our faith is on display, and we really need to be mindful of that. Mm, so good.
0: April 8th, what's your first stop where are you go in when, when the doors
1: open and you can go wherever you want yeah we talked about this a lot of times probably starbucks only because i just want to sit first off i want to be served i know how selfish that sounds but i want to be served <laughs> and i want to sit in a public place and look out the big windows at people walking by and i want people to come in because you know usually you know somebody at the local one and I just wanna sit in a public place and observe people. I love my people, but I would like a change of scenery right about now, so.
0: (laughs) I'm excited for April. I'll think of you April 8th. (laughs) I'll think of you at your Starbucks. I hope that that happens. Thank you so much for joining us, Rebecca. Prayers for Wuhan and, and just grateful for your life and how you have blessed all of ours just with a little bit of a picture. It helped a lot as we were transitioning into this. So thank you. I just want to say thank you because so many of you have really jumped into this community and you've listened to every episode and some of you are new and i just want to welcome you and i'll tell you what what has meant the most to us is you guys leaving reviews we read every single one of them and honestly some of you guys have me in a little puddle crying because they are so meaningful so thank you so much for doing that and those of you that have been a part of this go leave a review I'm telling you, it means something. It means something to us, but it also means something to help other people find it and to know what it's about.